0: Live with intention, walk to the edge, listen hard, practice wellness, play with abandon, laugh, choose with no regret, appreciate your friends, continue to learn, do what you love, live as if this is all there is. Hello and welcome to episode 319 of Under the Color of MS. This is a Wellness Wednesday episode, where we just talk health stuff, and pretty much nothing else. But today, what do we have for topics here? I got an appointment at skin doctor today, so I gotta deal with that crap. Meeting another new one that I haven't seen yet. Let's see if he's a sh- he or she is as shitty as the last few that I dealt with. Give me no information, no help. But we will have to see what happens. And the last appointment I had was my knee injections, which they're going all right. I kind of blew my knee out the other day, but. My good knee, of course, but it's feeling better. Just gotta keep working it. And if you have joint pain, you might wanna try some supplements. Let's look at some supplements that can help with joint pain and see if there's anything worth trying out. Yeah, turmeric is usually taken in a dose of 500 milligrams, two to four times daily. Jeez, you can find turmeric supplements in stores, but 500 milligrams two to four times a day. Wow. Turmeric is one of the most popular supplements for treating pain, including joint pain caused by osteoarthritis. Its pain relieving effects are attributed to a chemical compound in turmeric called curcumin. Curcumin seems to have anti-inflammatory effects. But it's like, it just seems like a lot two to four times a day. It's, you would think that, because turmeric's a strong spice, you would think that would really mess with your stomach. Cause, like, indigestion, heartburn, all that stuff. But, I'm not a doctor, so... Don't take my advice. Fish oil contains the omega-3 fatty acids docosahexaenoic acid and eicosapentaenoic acid, which have anti-inflammatory effects. And it's like pretty much all these are gonna, I would assume, would be anti-inflammatory styles of medications but who knows maybe they got other ways to help with the inflammation issues and stuff that comes with the pain. We'll just have to see. But they say try tip typical fish oil dosage range from three hundred to a thousand milligrams a day. You can find fish oil supplements online also and all these supplements. You can pretty much find online if you search and you can buy them through Amazon, through direct market retailers, through different health, health groups. uh, Just about anywhere online, you can find this stuff. I'm sure. Glucosamine is a natural component of cartilage, a substance that prevents bones from rubbing against each other and causing pain and inflammation. It may also help prevent the cartilage breakdown that can happen with arthritis. Many supplements aimed at treating joint pain contain glucosamine which is one of the most well-studied supplements for osteoarthritis. And it's like, I know a big thing with our bigger dogs back in the day was the glucosamine chondroitin medications and stuff, which helped with their pains and helped our pets get along. The glucosamine sulfate is typically taken once daily in a dose of 1,500 milligrams. If this is... Upsets your stomach, try spreading it out over three doses of 500 milligrams each. There they at least talk about the stomach problems and stuff. So you can look, see how your body responds to it. And here we go the one I was, other one I was just talking about. Like glucosamine, chondroitin is a building block of cartilage. It may also help prevent cartilage breakdown from osteoarthritis. Chondroitin is typically taken in a dose of four to eight hundred milligrams, two, two or three times a day. You can find, find it online in supplement sections and stuff like that. If you want to try it out, then same SAM. S-A-M all capital and then a small E at the end. It's S-Adenosyl-L-Methionine. is a supplement commonly used to help with symptoms of depression and osteoarthritis. Your liver naturally produces the same from an amino acid called methionine. It has several functions, including helping the production and repair of cartilage. I don't remember hearing of same before, but same is usually taken in doses of 200 to 400 milligrams three times a day. Keep in mind that it may take some time to notice results. Uh, When taken, it can help with the symptoms of joint pain pain caused by osteoarthritis. I'd like to kind of play around with that and see if long-term dosing does any Effects with my knee issues. Boswellia, also known as Indian frankincense, is commonly used for pain caused by arthritis. Uh, chemicals in this extract, called boswellia acids, have anti-inflammatory effects. Studies looking at the use of boswellia for joint pain have used doses ranges from ranging from 100 milligrams once a day to 333 milligrams three times a day. You can find Boswellia supplements online also. I don't know why I keep saying that. You can find them all online. And then we have avocado soybean, unsaponifiables ASUs, refer to a type of extract from avocado and soybean oils that might help prevent the breakdown of cartilage It may also help to repair cartilage. So that's probably the one I'd want to go with because that's what I'm looking for is some cartilage repair. The typical dose of ASU is 300 milligrams a day. You can find it online also. Devil's Claw, also called Harpa gofintum contains a chemical called harpogoside or goside that has anti-inflammatory effects. It may help with joint pain from osteoarthritis. And most studies involving devil's claw use doses of six to 800 milligrams three times a day. And then there's methyl Methylsulfanilomethane, MSM, is another common ingredient in supplements said to help with joint pain. Typical MSM doses range from 1,500 to 6,000 milligrams per day, sometimes divided into two doses. But yeah, you're going to want to look online, choose a supplement for joint pain. Choosing a supplement for joint pain can be overwhelming with the number of products available. Many of the products contain multiple ingredients. You want to look at the ingredients, see what's in, see what added items they have in them. Uh, keep in mind that the, that a long ingredient list doesn't always make for a better product. You'd rather have distinct ingredients and not a bunch of extra ones anyways. So, just read it and check it out. Also, most supplements are not regulated by the U.S. FDA. So, read your labels carefully and look into it. In some cases, added ingredients don't have any proven benefit for joint health. Others might contain multiple beneficial ingredients. Sometimes they like to combine ingredients, which is nice once in a while. So you can get multiple things from one dosage instead of taking a bunch of medications. Others might contain multiple beneficial ingredients such as glucosamine and chondroitin, but there's not much proof that taking supplements containing multiple ingredients is more effective than taking single ingredients. So basically, talk to your doctor about it. Let them know what you're taking. And then... Try them out one at a time. Don't just jump on and take a bunch of things at once. Try one at a time, see how they affect you, and go from there. Uh, Don't just sit there and take a handful of pills and go walk out the door saying, okay, I feel better. I'm doing great. It's all mental. It's not. Not going to help you in the long run if you don't know what's actually doing stuff to help you and you're just taking a bunch of extra stuff that's just a waste of space. So, look into that. Talk with your doctor. Talk with your healthcare professionals. See what kind of benefits you get from stuff. And then we got... I'm trying to get back on my intermittent fasting routine. It's kind of hard when the cat's and I've been dozing off lately at 10 o'clock at night. I used to be up till midnight, 1, 2. Now it's like about 10 o'clock. I start to get all tired. And then the cats got me up by two, three, four in the morning. And so my body's all off. So it's hard to do the intermittent fasting when you're waking up multiple times throughout the night. And then your body starts to get the munchies or earlier in the day because of it, but I am trying to get back on my overall intermittent fasting routine. I got myself back up to about three o'clock nowadays. I need to get back up to that six o'clock line. Is where I want to be. Six to ten is, is what I want to be my Munchy time, I suppose five to nine wouldn't be bad since I've been dozing off earlier, four to eight, but we'll see. I'm just going to play it out, see what happens. But intermittent fasting is currently a very popular health and fitness trend. Lots of people are talking about it and doing it. Uh, Even Dr. Aaron Booster mentioned recently that he put on like 30 pounds or whatever and sat there and try to himself an intermittent fasting routine where he has, I think he does the eight hours period of eating and then the rest not, uh, and then just have coffee, water, tea, whatever during the other hours. But uh he was very happy with his results. It was going to stick with it, and it's benefited him. That's from a doctor's boss, so it's always good to hear that. Because some people like to persuade you away from intermittent fasting and saying it's bad, and they want you on a full-fledged diet or you're following a routine diet all the time and watching calories and watching types of things you eat and all that. I'd rather just eat what I enjoy and just eat less and during a smaller amount of time and that way i can still enjoy the things i like uh, intermittent fasting is a eating pattern that cycles between periods of fasting and eating common intermittent fasting methods involve daily 16-hour fast or fasting for 24 hours twice per week I'm getting yelled lip on my cat again Fasting has been practiced throughout human evolution. Ancient hunter gatherers didn't have supermarine. That's common sense. They pretty much hunted all day, foraged during the day, and then they sat there and ate at night uh, when they were hiding from the dinosaurs and stuff. <laughs> and they didn't have supermarkets and refrigerators. So their food wasn't available year round, and they had a Hunt daily for their food, so you never know what you're gonna get, and you gotta just survive off whatever you can get your hands on. I got attacked by a cat again, so' there, a cat back on my lap. I can't make it long at all lately with him in wintertime. It's like summertime, so much nicer I can still him play outside, but but yeah, he's all needy. Pushing on my microphone, biting the cord. Can't accept that I'm petting him with one hand, but he wants both hands. <laughs> fasting from time to time is more natural than always eating three to four or more meals per day. Uh, fasting is also often done for religious or spiritual reasons, like during that. Uh, uh, Christmas season, I know there's some major fasting going on with some religions, including in Islam, Christianity, Judaism, and Buddhism. Uh, so, you take that into consideration, too. Intermittent fastings and an eating pattern that cycles between periods of fasting and eating. It's currently very popular in the health and fitness community. There's several different ways of doing intermittent fasting. There's the 16-8 method. Also called the Liangans protocol. It involves skipping breakfast and restricting your daily eating period to 8 hours, such as 1 to 9 p.m. Then you fast for 16 hours in between. That one's pretty easy. The eat-stop-eat one. This involves fasting for 24 hours. Once or twice a week, for example, by not eating from dinner one day until dinner the next day. Uh, that's a little harder, the 5-2 diet. With this meth- method, you consume only five to 600 calories on two consecutive, non-consecutive days of the week. But eat normally the other five days. I don't like that one. It's too open, in my opinion. I think you're going to have weight gain on days that you eat crappier if you follow that one. But sixteen eight and I like doing the twenty four, twenty hours not eating, four hours eating. Uh I wanna get into doing forty eight hour fast to seventy two hour fast at least once every two weeks. Uh but we'll see. There's several different ways to do intermittent fasting. All of them split the day or week into eating and fasting periods. You just got to figure out what works best for you along that route. Uh, When you fast, human growth hormone levels go up and insulin levels go down. Your body cells also change the expression of genes and initiate important cellular repair processes. That's the bonus I'm looking forward to. It's like I have mentioned in the past that I've heard people like Kevin Smith talk about how if you hit a 72-hour fasting period, it's your body supposedly starts to produce stem cells. I don't know if that's true or not, but I'm hoping that Within the next two months, we will hit that and just see what happens. But it's not like I'm going to notice much because it's still got to enter your body's stasis and work into your body. And you got to go from there and see if it works overall. And it can take many different times before you start to notice anything. And it's a long chunk of time, 72 hours, to just test out things. But that's my want you can do yours however you want Uh, weight loss is the most common reason for people to try intermittent fasting by making you eat fewer meals intermittent fasting can lead to an automatic reduction in calorie intake and changes of hormone levels to facilitate weight loss and uh Intermittent fasting may slightly boost your metabolism while helping you eat fewer calories. And if you get your metabolism boost, that can help you lose even more. Get your metabolism regulated to the right way instead of the bad way. It's a very effective way to lose weight and belly fat. And it's been working well for people from what I've heard, so... The main benefits of intermittent fasting are weight loss, insulin resistance. Because intermittent fasting can reduce insulin resistance, lowering blood pressure or blood sugar by 3 to 6 percent. And fasting insulin levels by 20 to 31 percent, which should protect against type 2 diabetes. But I... I still personally feel that this type of diet is hard for people that are diabetic. And I'd suggest getting into the non-diabetic stages before you do this. But that's just me. I don't know. Not eating certain chunks of the day might mess your system up. I don't know how, how that all works with the insulin levels. but Inflammation, it can help with heart health. It may reduce bad LDL cholesterol, blood triglycerides, inflammatory markers, blood sugar, and insulin resistance, all which are risk factors for heart disease. Uh, It may prevent cancer, and it can increase the brain hormone BDNF and may aid in the growth of new nerve cells and protect against alzheimer's disease Uh, its brain health is a plus especially for us msers or people with ms i get a friend from our group that's trying to get people with ms pwms as the new thing instead of msers uh then, anti aging, intermittent fasting can extend lifespan in rats. So fasted rats live 36 to 83% longer, which I'm sure they are happy to live longer stuck in a laboratory. <laughs> uh, poor bastards. intermittent fasting can have many benefits for your body and brain it can cause weight loss may reduce your risk of type 2 diabetes heart disease and cancer may also help you live longer one of the major benefits of intermittent fasting is that it makes healthy eating simpler there are fewer meals you need to prepare cook and clean up after that's why i got mine regulated to The time of day where I have to make a meal for others, and that way I don't have to do it when I'm not eating. Uh, There's some evidence that intermittent fasting may not be as beneficial for women as it is men. Uh, People who are underweight or have a history of eating disorders should not fast. There is also some evidence that intermittent fasting may be harmful to women. So, let's see if they show, one study showed that improved insulin sensitivity in men, but worsened blood sugar control in women. Uh, Studies in rats have found that intermittent fasting can make female rats emaciated, masculinized, infertile, and cause them to miss cycles, so yeah. You may want to look into it more if you are a female. Once again, the men get to do something that you don't. So you got to come up with some new idea. It's a new diet that can outdo the intermittent fasting thing and make it beneficial for women. Uh, if you have medical conditions, you should consult with your doctor before trying intermittent fasting. Especially if you have diabetes, problems with blood sugar regulation, low blood pressure, take medications, are underweight, have a history of eating disorders, you're trying to conceive a child, a history of amenorrhea, or are pregnant or breastfeeding. The most common side effect of intermittent fasting is hunger. So, if you have certain medical conditions, you should not fast without consulting your doctor first. Uh, oh, the cat's trying to move, rotate, adjust. Uh, can I drink liquids during the fast? Yep, you can have water, coffee, tea, just nothing. No added sugars or stuff in inside them. Uh, isn't it unhealthy to skip breakfast? No, the problem is that most stereotypical breakfast skippers have unhealthy lifestyles. So, if you make sure to eat healthy food for the rest of the day, then the practice is perfectly healthy. Can I take supplements while fasting? Yes, however, keep in mind that some supplements, like fat soluble vitamins, may work better when taken with meals can i work out while fasting yes fasted workouts are fine some people recommend taking branch chain amino acids bcaas before a fasted workout which you can find those online will fasting cause muscle loss All weight loss methods can cause muscle loss, which is why it's important to lift weights and keep your protein intake high. One study showed that intermittent fasting causes less muscle loss than regular calorie restriction. So there you go. Just add some weight training with your intermittent fasting and proteins. Will fasting slow down my metabolism? No. Studies show that short-term fast fast actually boost your metabolism. However, longer fast of three or more days can suppress metabolism. Should kids fast? Allowing your child to fast is probably a bad idea. Kids should not be on strong, strict diets at all. I and mean, you're setting your body for the future, in my opinion. Uh One thing we learn over the years, the more diets we go on and fail, the more weight gain we get. Every time you regain weight, you're gaining more, gaining back the weight you lost plus more. So you're just constantly piling it on and on and on every time you redo it. That's not a good thing, and you don't want to start kids off like that and get them, get them into that type of routine and then... In the future, they find out that it's screwed up their metabolism, their system, their body's functionings. Uh, it's recommended to start with a sixteen-eight method, then perhaps later move on to longer fast. It's important to experiment and find a method that works for you. But yeah, I like it. I am happy with it when I'm on it. But doing some things for the podcast i had to go off it for a while so that sucked but all right i'm gonna end this here and i'll get back with some more stuff right after this okay we talked about losing weight now let's talk about managing your our weight weight gain and stuff like that for for ms Multiple sclerosis is a disease in which our immune system attacks the central nervous system. The attack causes the protective sheath around the nerves to become damaged and can lead to a range of symptoms. In most people with MS, symptoms get worse during flare-ups but then improve. In some cases, the symptoms of numbness and tingling, blurred vision, dizziness, and pain worsen over time. It's also common for people with MS to gain weight due to our symptoms. It's important to try and reach a moderate weight and maintain it which i've been holding my 420 pounds pretty good but i don't think it's good to maintain it there i think i need to drop it a few first and then get it into a nice maintaining weight i'd love to get back to 180 is what i'd like but i don't see happening anytime soon Let's see, MS causes fatigue, making you feel too exhausted for physical activity, the pain and dizziness can also affect your energy levels when it comes to exercising. Symptoms of depression are also common for people with MS. Depression may cause overeating or undereating, both of which can negatively impact your, our health. MS treatment can also cause weight fluctuations. Steroid therapy is often prescribed to decrease inflammation and it can cause weight gain. Of course, exercise is beneficial for people with MS, whether we want to lose or gain weight. Though gaining weight is more common with MS. Weight loss and muscle wasting can occur in advanced and serious cases. People who experience muscle loss usually have symptoms that are severe enough to limit mobility. Exercising and eating a balanced diet can help avoid losing muscle mass. Fatigue and MS symptoms, such as body temperature shifts, can make exercising regularly more difficult. As we know, many of us dealing with heat can cause symptoms to act up. So you don't want to overheat your body while working out. And if you don't overheat your body and hit to a certain point, you're not really burning as many calories as you should. And it might be a wasted workout. But there are more beneficial ways to do it. There are certain activities that may be more beneficial when you're experiencing symptoms. For example, swimming is great for us, especially with our joints. You don't have to put pressure on them. Uh, mobility, gait issues, all that. Swimming can help quite a bit. Swimming aerobic, water aerobics. You can try out uh, if your body temperatures rise while exercising. You can try a cooling vest or working outdoors if the weather's cooler or a cooling scarf when doing outdoor activities like hiking exercises don't have to be physically draining a short walk each day can make a world of difference as long as you get mobility mobile use and getting those joints moving a little bit you can also practice low impact exercises like stationary bicycling tai chi yoga many of which you can get pretty much for free uh Online videos from Amazon, YouTube, and all over the place. You can join Facebook groups and stuff like that that are health groups, workout groups, MS health groups, stuff like that. Yoga can help relieve certain symptoms, improve muscle strength, reduce stress levels, reduce your fatigue, which motivates you to get even more exercising in. Like I've said a million times, I love and support DDP yoga. Not your mama's yoga. It's using resistance style yoga, so you're faking your muscles into thinking that you're using weights when you're not, but your muscles still benefit from it. Other benefits of exercise for people with MS are reduced weight strengthening muscles improving mobility increase energy levels reduce the severity of the symptoms that we have from ms improve our mood boost our immune function so it's obviously exercise is a benefit just don't overdo it don't burn yourself out don't overheat your body Don't pull those muscles and end up injuring something. Let's see. Oregano oil. Never used it. But they have some benefits for it. Oregano is a fragrant herb that's best known as an ingredient in Italian foods. And so I love oregano, I love Italian seasonings, it's just a good overall seasoning that works in a lot of vegetable dishes and stuff, so I'm I'm definitely interested in learning about this oregano oil stuff, let's see what they had to say. Uh, It can be concentrated into an essential oil that's loaded with antioxidants and powerful compounds that have proven health benefits. It is, oregano oil is the extract oil, although it's not as strong as the essential oil, it appears to be useful both when consumed or applied to the skin. Essential oils, on the other hand, are not meant to be consumed. They're meant to go in your little machine or sprinkle some on your air filters or something like that, use the aromas, don't, don't ingest them. Oregano oil is an effective natural antibiotic and antifungal agent, and it may help you lose weight and lower your cholesterol levels. So that's a benefit. Botanically known as Oreganum vulgare, oregano, oregano, as some people say, is a flowering plant from the same family as mint. It's often used as a herb to flavor food and mint is also very beneficial. It's native to Europe, but now grows all over the world. And you can grow anything in a hydroponic environment. Oregano has been popular ever since the ancient Greek and Roman civilizations. We don't care about that. It's been used for centuries as a culinary spice. We know this italian seasoning the oregano essential oil is made by air drying the leaves and shoots of the plant once they're dried the oil is extracted and concentrated to by steam distillation oregano essential oil can be mixed with a carrier oil and applied topically however it should not be consumed orally Oregano oil extract, on the other hand, can be produced via several extraction methods using compounds like carbon dioxide or alcohol. It's widely available as a supplement and can often be found in pill or capsule form. Oregano contains compounds called phenols, terpenes and terpenoids. They have powerful antioxidant properties and are responsible for its fragrance. Carvacarol, the most abundant phenol in oregano. It has been shown to stop the growth of several types of bacteria. Thymol, which is a natural antifungal, can also support the immune system and protect against toxins. Rosmarinic acid is a powerful antioxidant that helps protect against damage caused by free radicals. These compounds are thought to, thought to underlie oregano's many health benefits. Some benefits and uses of oregano oil are a natural antibiotic. It can help fight by bacteria. One mouse study found oregano essential oil to be almost as effective as antibiotics against common bacteria, though much more research is needed, as there always is. Studies have shown that oregano may help lower cholesterol in people and mice with high cholesterol. This is thought to be the result of the compounds of cavacrol and dimol. Fresh oregano has a very high antioxidant content. In fact, it's much higher than that of most fruits and vegetables, gram per gram. The antioxidant content it, content is concentrated in oregano oil. Test tube studies have shown that oregano essential oil is effective against candida, the most common form of yeast. So if you've got yeast infection problems, oregano oil may benefit gut health by killing gut parasites and protecting against leaky gut syndrome, which many people think is a thing that, that they can do a leaky uh, gut leaky gut diet to help prevent. Oregano oil and its components may help reduce inflammation in mice, though human studies are needed. Oregano oil may significantly reduce pain in mice and rats, exerting pain-relieving effects similar to those of some commonly used medications. Preliminary studies have shown that Carbacrol, the most abundant compound in oregano oil, inhibits cancer cell growth and causes cell death in lung, liver, and breast cancer cells. That's a good thing. And oregano oil may be beneficial for weight loss through the action of Carbacrol, though human studies are needed. if you do these studies, then we can find out ahead of time. Oregano oil extract can be purchased in pill or capsule form and taken orally. Oregano essential... Oregano essential oil is also available and can be diluted with a carrier oil and applied to the skin. You can use MCT oil, olive oil, stuff like that for carrier oil. So yeah, so try oregano oil extract or essential oils, both relatively cheap and readily available. And see if any of those benefits will benefit you in the long run. Let's see. Self care is selfish. Self care, we hear it all the time now, or more accurately, see it on Instagram as skincare products, fizzy bath bombs, yoga poses, acai bowls, and more. But self care is more than what commercial, what's commercialized on our social media feed. Self-care started as a way to physically take care of yourself. It then evolved into caring for your emotional well-being, and even more so the overall health, healing for women, people of color, and more marginalized communities. Then why are we still feeling like self-care is selfish? Maybe you've just called off dinner. Decline an invite where your ex will be, or even just said no to anything. This might leave you feeling a little selfish or guilty. It doesn't matter that you're emotionally and physically exhausted or that your mental health is suffering. You might lie awake in bed thinking about how you should have done something different or been better in some other way. Saying no feels like a failure. Like you're incompetent or unequipped to handle day-to-day life. But if staying in helps you prioritize yourself and your own energy and healing, are you really being selfish? Uh, If you have a chronic illness, it's kind of hard to consider you're being selfish. you got to listen to your body and do what your body says. I know I was supposed to go to a brother's birthday party get-together, and I thought it was that. Noon when the game, football game started. Here it was a 9 a.m. breakfast, brunch type thing. And I missed it anyways, so I can't really blame myself for being selfish by missing it because I had the time screwed up. But that all comes with cognitive issues. But sometimes being selfish isn't a bad thing. Here are some of those times, like when you need help from time to time, but we often avoid seeking it. Uh, Whether we acknowledge it or not, sometimes asking for help can make you feel incompetent, weak, or needy, even if not asking for help, means adding unnecessary stress to your life. If you need to rest, you need to lie down, and relax, your body's, your fatigue's amped up, your body pains are amped up. You just you're feeling fatigued, exhausted, or in pain, it's time to get extra rest and not feel guilty about it. You just need alone time. You, just, you need to get away from everything and everybody. You need your own time. It's not being selfish. Do it. It's beneficial to you and helps your body in the long run. It's time to end a relationship, job, or living situation. Get it out and open and over with and done with right away. And then worry about it later. And deal with it instead of stressing about it long term. Worrying about the effects of everything. And then your body ends up in a worse position because of all the stress and anxiety. That you're causing it. Just get it over with and done. And then worry about it. The effects later on. How you're going to feel and all that. If you know it needs to be done. Just get it over with. Give is being significantly outweighed by take. I am a person that likes to give. i Any relationship should have a good balance of give and take, but when the scales tip so that you're you're doing is that all you're doing is giving and all they're doing is taking, it might be time to do something about that relationship. Should be an equal, even playing field or at least close to it. it. Shouldn't be one giving and one taking. To avoid burnout after work or in your personal life, uh, everyone is susceptible to burnout or work exhaustion. Certain professions can be exceptionally draining. When burnout occurs, it can hurt both your professional and personal life. So don't let yourself burn itself out. Take into consideration what's going on and look into it and see how it's benefiting or not benefiting, hurting your body overall, and work around it to make it all beneficial. And then let's see. Let's finish it up with some video game therapy. They, got, they finally are letting us know that it shows, video game therapy shows potential for cognitive gains. And we're finally finding out that those evil video games we played as kids actually do benefit our brains. Even though our parents back in the days would say, get off that damn device for playing those stupid video games. <laughs> uh, right now, I'm going to give you a benefit, a bonus thing here. You can get Xbox Game Pass if you have it for usually a dollar. For your first month or for up to the first three months, which you can do through your Xbox. And then down the road, if you want to try it again and get the dollar benefit, watch for it and get it through your laptop or your desktop or your computer. And then you'll get it a second time, but you want to do it with each system to get it separately. And then you get, I and mean, with Xbox Game Pass, you get all the EA Sports games to play for free, well, for your monthly purchase. Uh, there's 100 games in Game Pass. A lot of the new games come instantly into Game Pass. They got cloud gaming now, so you can play the games instantly instead of downloading them. If you have a good internet, I've tried it multiple times, and mine's... Too crappy to do that, so I still have to spend three to five days downloading the game before I can play it. But it is beneficial for the brain, so... Play those games and enjoy them. An interactive video game was more effective than a word game at improving processing speeds in multiple sclerosis patients with cognitive difficulties. And gains measured were longer lasting and small clinical trials reported that. The results were in a study that was published in the Multiple Sclerosis Journal. If you want to check it out, uh, those who showed the greatest improvement in SDMT, which I'm not sure what SDMT scores are, But they increased significantly in both groups between the first and second visits of gaming. Uh, They tended to be those who showed the greatest improvements in SDMT scores, tended to be employed, older, and to have a higher level of education and a higher modified fatigue impact score. And I just, you can read the results of this. Test to learn more about it. I don't want to get into all the little numbers. And the different. uh, Speech. Type. Speak type. Things. Different labels for things. Okay. Here's the SDMT. It's a symbol digit modalities test. That's a little. Unlike our other tests that we do. For cognitive issues. For MS. But. But yeah, try it out. Try some games, something else. Read a book, play a game, do word puzzle books, do all that. It's all good for the brain. Anything that keeps cognitive issues at bay and help keep the brain working regularly is a good thing. So try that out. Other than that think we're going to end it there. We got a doctor appointment today and then a bunch of stuff yet going on in the next two weeks. So we'll get back to you with more things in the near future. So be good to yourself. Be good to everybody else. Keep the monster away. Rate us, review us, tell a friend about us. Let people know. Put us out on some groups, post, post our things if you can and try and help us get some neat, well needed attention from a variety of people with MS and other health issues. See if we can learn something together, but be good and I'll talk to you again soon.